Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 19, From the Individual to the Collective. The second half of the 20th century saw a shift from individualized charitable support characterized by child sponsorship to the collective in the form of community development. Plan International Strategic Evolution provides a good example of the way NGOs transitioned to this new paradigm. Although community-wide projects were implemented by Plan from the 1950s, the trend accelerated markedly in the 1980s. Even in established community projects, cash distribution was seen as problematic given the potential for disruption and dependency caused by direct injections of cash into what were essentially non-cash economies. The emphasis in global development discourse had shifted from dependency creating direct assistance to promoting self-help, economic development, capacity building and sustainability. Reflecting the dominant development discourse of the time, Plan increasingly followed a community program approach to its development interventions, leading to the formulation and adoption of a program policy statement in 1984 that shifted its focus of development activity to developing skills and institutions within each of the program communities targeted by Plan's programmatic interventions. This evolved into the formulation of Plan's child-centered community development approach in the 1990s, building on program discourse in the more developmentalist countries such as Bangladesh and Ethiopia. In positioning CCCD as a rights-based community development methodology, PLAN acknowledged the constraints of power through social structure on the agency of individuals and groups, including nation-states, and posits empowerment as a strategy to enhance choice. The logic of this was outlined as follows, quote, The central attribute that determines where children are positioned on the scales of poverty and rights is power. Power describes the ability to shape one's life and one's environment. The lack of power is one of the main barriers that prevents children, families, communities or nations from escaping cycles of poverty. This can be overcome by a strategy of empowerment. The process of enhancing the capacity of individuals or groups to make choices and to transform these choices into desired actions and outcomes. The process of empowerment of individuals or of groups in a society cannot be isolated from the social context. Unquote. Plan's program guide defined its CCCD methodology as being founded upon six principles. Children at the centre, guided by human rights standards and principles, responsibility and accountability, inclusion and non-discrimination, gender equality and participation. Although agency is not explicitly defined in planned CCCD principles, the emphasis on empowerment and the principle of participation were perceived as directly promoting agency. This is outlined in the program guide. Quote, Plan firmly believes that children have the right to take part in the decisions that affect their lives, keeping in mind their evolving capacity to understand and to contribute. Participation should be free and meaningful and cannot be imposed. It should contribute towards results that are among the priorities of the participants themselves. Unquote. Plan implemented CCCD through six strategies. Anchoring programs in the community. Holding state actors accountable strengthening the capacity of civil society, engaging the corporate sector, advocacy, and working in partnership for greater impact. The strategy, strengthening the capacity of civil society, implicitly promotes the notion of agency. 
Klein defines civil society as the public space for citizens or rights holders to freely associate for the fulfillment of their rights and the rights of others. They do this by their own actions or by exerting influence over those that govern or otherwise determine the quality of their lives. The practical expression of CCCD is in the form of multi-year, spatially defined community development programs, which are planned and implemented in five-year cycles. Each cycle is initiated with a planning process resulting in a community development plan. Within each five-year cycle, the CCCD programs are reviewed and evaluated via annual participatory reviews and a number of program evaluations focused on different program elements. Most important amongst these are the CCCD evaluations, which effectively serve as a review of the quality of application of the CCCD approach. A key feature of CCCD programs is that they are long-term, generic in character, and cover a range of participants and sectoral programs. They are able to do this because they are funded through relatively flexible, untied revenue generated through plans child sponsorship model. In this model, children acting as representatives of their community are sponsored by individuals based in developed countries where plan markets the model. This sponsorship revenue is allocated to generic community development programs. A markedly different program intervention occurs through projects funded by institutional donors. In this model, plan implements discrete, time-bound projects with specific funding arrangements and involving a defined set of participants, activities and predetermined outcomes. In theory, PLAN integrates these projects into its CCCD approach. In practice, project interventions have considerable autonomy and specificity in determining spatial, participant, and activity boundaries. They are designed according to a standardized project cycle approach, involving result-oriented planning and restricted consultative activity. Implementation is characterized by highly specific activities and engagements with participants according to predetermined schedules and accompanied by project monitoring and reporting processes. Rather than becoming redundant in the community development era, child sponsorship has provided a useful pivot for the transition to community-wide approaches. It provided the recurrent and relatively unrestricted funding that could be pooled to establish ongoing funding sources for projects determined by plan and to pay for the operational architecture required to do so. At the same time, this shift provided the legitimation of child sponsorship as a development modality, allowing a fundraising product to present itself as a contemporary development approach and aligned with community development ideology. Individualized financial donations have been recast as leverage for the development of the collective. Plan had a larger problem with convincing its child sponsors of this change. Years of repetitive conditioning has resulted in a large proportion of plan sponsors retaining an understanding of sponsorship as an individualized relationship. Despite the inclusion of descriptions of the community approach in sponsor communications, in some cases, the resistance to the community shift is more strident, as evidenced by a public relations crisis experienced in the late 1990s by the Netherlands Office of Plan. Conflict with a group of child sponsors backfired spectacularly on Plan Netherlands, resulting in the cancellation of 200,000 sponsorships over a period of five years. As Hondius noted, the root of the conflict was the sponsors' concerns with the programmatic changes. 
The unease among foster parents was aroused by the fact that the border plan adopted in the mid-90s a strategic change. Its activity would no longer solely support foster parent or foster child relationships, but would from now on focus on improving the structure of society in the countries concerned as a better means of enhancing the protection and welfare of the child. However, many foster parents did not wish to be part of that plan. They simply wished to continue foster parenting. Apparently, there was no structure or procedure within the foundation for giving these people a voice. The crisis confirmed the power structure in the sponsorship system in plan. That the contentment of the giver, represented by the voice of donors, is paramount. And failure to heed this voice has significant deleterious impact on plan's ability to maintain the confidence of its northern supporters. It is difficult to conceive of a situation where the concerns of sponsored children and their families would have had an equivalent impact on plan, nor that it could leave similarly deep scarring on the institutional memory. The unease felt by sponsors in the shift from sponsorship to community development would be further compounded by the subsequent emphasis on child rights in plan's approach. From the early 2000s, PLAN began to articulate its child-centered community development model as a rights-based programming approach, indicating a change from direct service delivery and sponsorship to a community empowerment model promoting grassroots advocacy. Throughout this period, much institutional effort has been invested in modulating this tension to ensure the bulk of sponsors are retained, even to the extent of permitting sponsors to provide gifts directly to families or direct benefits in the form of institutional products. There is a deeper element to this tension in that a drive to rights-based approaches will require greater political acuity on the part of and shift of power to purported beneficiary groups. Their empowerment will be demonstrated by their ability to hold powerful actors to account and to address inequalities and renegotiate their position in relation to socio-political structure. In effect, it will enable them to bring development and the actors engaged with it into the arena of social justice. This would, in turn, inevitably raise questions as to the legitimacy of plan and its sponsors, directly confronting their presumption of superiority. For community groups well-versed in experience of vastly unequal power relations, this is an unlikely scenario and one in which they stand to lose benefit. Consequently, plans advocacy aspirations to take the side of the poor and promote their critical voice faces resistance from its northern financial donors. Internally from governors sensitive to financial harm and from community groups themselves in that they risk losing benefits. Programmatically, the shift to a rights-based approach was not consistent across plan offices and is impacted upon by a range of contextual factors, including the expectations of local development actors, particularly families and community groups. It has also been difficult for plans community programs to evolve from a spatially focused, collective community needs-driven model of integrated development planning to an approach emphasizing the selected rights of predetermined vulnerable individuals and groups such as adolescent girls. Also, close governmental cooperation has ensured that service provision remains an important feature of plans work at local level, embedded into the plans and service models of government. As a result, many of plans community programs represent a hybrid of service and needs-driven approaches implemented within a projectized delivery modality. In this scenario, plan cannot be considered a rights-based development agency, 
in that its approach is largely focused on engaging with and strengthening existing power structures and actors that are deemed to be democratic expressions of community life in order to influence the exercise of rights and participation in local practice. This allows plan to circumvent fundamental contradictions in the power structure between their financial donors and the groups and interests they purport to serve through their programming interventions. In effect, this approach confirms a political compromise and neutrality that is important for plan to retain its working relationships with all actors. A shift to collective community modalities of programming had a powerful economic rationale. As sponsorship intensified its business processes to meet donor expectations and extended sponsorship to additional new territories, costs increased significantly to the point of becoming a risk to the organization's financial sustainability. Whereas sponsorship had been focused on particular territories and events, such as conflict, this was now expanded to include more territories and more sponsorships that required many individual transfers on a regular basis to families. This dramatic scaling of cost was compounded by increasing disruptions to sponsorship arrangements posed by migration and family resistance, and increasing staff costs as global wages began to rise. The cost burden became an area of concern and a preoccupation of the organization. As early as 1960s, planned country operations began to respond by centralizing and aggregating funding support in fewer, more localized community projects, initially in the form of paternalistic family helper schemes in slums and remote rural areas. These rapidly created their own pressure as they magnified logistical difficulties, increased costs, and made it far more difficult to track and report on individual children where a caseworker or social work approach was used. At the same time, executives and fundraisers in plan were wary of the effect of the shift on donor support and ensured this transition would be an extended process by placing this risk at the centre of any change process. From the 1980s, plan evolved to a more collectivised approach to development, based on a broadening of direct support to families, to wider geographic communities located in villages and wider geographic boundaries. This was articulated as child-centred community development, which employed a needs-based community development model with particular emphasis on child protection and development. CCCD embedded itself with planned sponsorship-driven spatial programming approach, which engaged or contracted with communities in specific locales over an extended period of time, normally a minimum of 15 years. This period allowed for the establishment of business systems and operational structures, and through them the management of multiple cycles of sponsorship and community planning. The introduction of CCCD accompanied operational changes in plan to establish a country operating model. Typically, plan's country operations consisted of a coordinating office located in the capital city, staffed by senior managerial and technical staff, and a number of district-based satellite offices called program units that managed the implementation of sponsorship and project business processes for the district. A choice and number of districts were the outcome of negotiations with central government and considerations of operational efficiencies and affordability. The program units were typically staffed by program unit managers and a cadre of community liaison staff called community development facilitators. The coordinating country office was responsible for national level stakeholder management and operational systems. 
While the program units were responsible for liaison and management of relationships with district government, community actors and stakeholders, and the implementation activities associated with sponsorship and projects, governability was a core element to this approach. Plan's business model needed selected communities and local actors to be integrated with their business processes and models which required an administrative oversight capacity to manage the extension of managerial arrangements over these actors. The bureaucratic nature of the sponsorship scheme required the imposition of clear roles and responsibilities and systems to underpin these. Within a local context, this meant the child, family and group leaders and interlocutors had specific roles to play based on preconceived notions of appropriateness. Alongside this, arrangements with local government structures needed to be managed in a way that affirmed the roles and responsibilities of all local actors, including plan staff and volunteers. Plan was politically pragmatic in the rollout of CCCD with sensitivity to country contexts, and in many country programs there was little discernible change from the generic community development models employed previously. Similarly, implementation of an advocacy emphasis within CCCD depended heavily on the extent of civil society freedom in the different countries and perceived political risk. Where civil society was seen as active and operating in a permissive government environment, planned staff would engage in political advocacy and seek relationships with actors that were critical of government and elites. Conversely, in politically repressive or controlled environments, plan was cautious to engage in civil society activity and positioning that could be perceived as critical of governance. This dualism has been internally viewed as serving the organization's interests well in that it has had very few political crises that could present a risk to its operations and donor relationships. Under the guise of a rights discourse, plan experimented with child participation methodologies in project planning and extended its support to youth advocacy groups. While ostensibly demonstrating support to child and youth agency, both strategies serve useful governability purposes for plan. Child participation allowed plan to extend its managerial control in projects over previously ungoverned groups of children and young people, bringing them into the ambit of managerial practice and schooling them in development practice for the future. On the other hand, the provision of support to youth advocacy groups allowed plan to establish a degree of separation from the risks associated with political advocacy or malfeasance by these groups. In the event of these risks being realised, plan's modality of control would be the withdrawal of financial support. A transition to implementation of CCCD required complementary conceptual frameworks to align the approach. In plan, this included the formal adoption of a CCCD position by the governance body and the formulation of three documents. The first was Plan's program framework, which reinforced a set of organizational values and set out the issues and implications of CCCD for programs. Alongside this, a program effectiveness framework indicated how Plan defined effectiveness and how this basis would be used to assess and capture effectiveness in Plan programs. A program accountability and learning system called PALS, detailed the operational systems to support the link between country programs and the program framework. Unsurprisingly, given the amalgamation of a range of institutional and developmentalist narratives in the approach, planned staff and partner organizations had a range of interpretations and opinions as to the nature of CCCD. 
This also reflected plans caution in defining and implementing the CCCD approach due to perceived risks to its existing business models and stakeholder relationships both at field program level and with its donors. This resulted in an extended transition to an explicit rights-based narrative and delayed plans assumption of an identity already assumed by many of its peers and the associated discursive and operational changes necessary for the implementation of a rights-based approach. Taking this late adopter stance offered plan some benefit, in that it enabled plan to draw on the intellectual work of other organizations, while learning from and mimicking their operational and programmatic change processes, and thereby reducing both transitional cost and risk. Confusion amongst plan program staff about the substance of CCCD, and its practical implementation had led to a greatly uneven application of the approach. There was also a tension between the demands of sponsorship and the CCCD model on the community-level program practitioners. An evaluation report of CCCD noted that, quote, the pressure on frontline staff is high to fulfill their sponsorship duties. This makes it more difficult to also invest in CCCD-related roles such as facilitation. Planned frontline staff find themselves caught in between sponsorship demands at the one hand and CCCD demands at the other. Unquote. In response, plan management developed practitioner guidance in the form of a program guide in 2010. This document set out to provide the rationale for CCCD and how it should affect and influence plans, programs and partnerships in the field. In this regard, it was remarkably light on practical guidance on applying the theoretical content that provided the opportunity for a cadre of plans professional development staff to reiterate developmentalist ideology in institutionally digestible language, while also reinforcing institutional systems and accountability. Specifically, the program guide defines CCCD as a child rights approach to tackling child poverty, linking and legitimizing a set of development tropes in a summary form. Plan described its CCCD approach in the guide as, quote, It addresses the injustices and power imbalances at different levels of society that underlie child poverty and result in the violation of child rights. It is an approach in which children, families and communities are active and leading participants in their own development and where their empowerment plays a central role. Plan's role is to enable their voices to be heard as we assist them in defining their own long-term priorities. This is complemented by initiatives to bring about structural changes at the district, national, regional and global level. Unquote. Alongside these lofty ideals, the document introduced technical practice standards for planning, monitoring and evaluation, and descriptions of plans power systems, which describe the planning, monitoring and evaluation processes that apply at the level of program countries. The program guide addresses key features in the global development arena as a set of opportunities and risks, implicitly assuming plans central positioning and assumed role. In regard to relationships with governments, the document notes that the Millennium Development Declaration and Paris Declaration were affecting the international aid architecture, and that these changes were bringing NGOs closer to the workings of government than ever before. Plan felt that new space was being created for NGOs, and in many countries there was increasing consultation between government and civil society. From the perspective of planned CCCD approach, it presented an opportunity to build the capacity of duty bearers to respond to the rights of children, thereby complementing plans work with communities and local CSOs. 
Further, the programme guide confirmed the prevailing governability structure for development and plans role in this, stating all local, national and international actors engaged in development programming have a distinct role and competence for working at specific levels. Plan's role is detailed at two distinct but interrelated levels, global and community. The former being that as an international lingo, Plan is part of civil society operating at global, regional, national and local levels. Plan has a role to support development processes and engages with civil society at many different levels. Correspondingly, at a community level, Plan promotes the active participation of communities in local planning mechanisms and spaces, supporting them to link their development plans with local government plans and national policy, and affirms its central strategy as strengthening the capacity of families and community organizations to fulfill their responsibilities at the community level. In doing so, Plan explicitly confirms its role as facilitator and interlocutor for global development ideology in local contexts. On the other hand, the program guide identified the opportunity provided by the evolving development status of countries to extend the scale and coverage of its development managerialism and opportunities for new sources of revenue. Quote, the transition of some countries from low to middle income status offers new opportunities that require INGOs to revisit their traditional business model. To effectively capitalize on the local potential, raise funds and mobilize civil society for poverty alleviation in country. Unquote. A key feature of the transfer of development discourse is the influence of a relatively select group of institutions that wield enormous influence through their knowledge products, which are replicated throughout a wider universe of development actors and institutions. A scan of references utilized in Plan's program guide confirmed the centrality of governability institutions, including donor agencies and the World Bank, in the orientation and content of the publication. Substantial research references and discursive content from these institutions is presented in an uncritical manner with much of it reiterating dominant developmentalist tropes. Plan's experience in the transition to a rights-based approach is not unique and reflected a general experience of NGOs that have historically implemented individualist programs such as sponsorship or needs service community development models. Although introducing a new language and purported shifts in practice, for many NGOs the rights-based approach seemed to be what some critics have called. Like all development wine served up in new, rights-based bottles. Very few have substantially adapted their practice at community levels and continue to devise and implement hybrid models that continue to primarily serve donor and government interests. As a result, NGOs struggled to rationalize and make practical the required changes in practice in a way that marked a significant break with the past. And in most cases, this rationale remained at a rhetorical level. In effect, plan had been captured by the development welfareist paradigm of addressing the collective suffering of community embodied in its needs-based community development practice. As this summary of plan's strategic orientation has demonstrated, the progression of development ideology has created a paradigm within which practice is constructed, conceptualized and malleable. In plan's reconfigured conceptualization of practice, need-based community development and a rights-based approach were interchangeable within the broad dominant framework of neoliberal developmentalism. However, a more strident change in practice would require a shift from a collective category of deserving need 
a community, to a focus on a specific category of individual and their empowerment, represented by the era of development's focus on the, the girl. Planet Worker, a world in development. Oh.